Hello and welcome to Relationship Talk, the podcast hosted by Teresha Young, Relationship Master Coach. Now, each episode, we bring you an inspiring guest to help you find a deeper understanding of yourself, to set yourself up for dating, relationship, self-love and self-empowerment success. So enjoy, take notes and get ready to apply all key messages you learn today. Hello and welcome to Real Relationship Talk, the podcast hosted by yours truly, Teresha Young, Relationship Master Coach, where we have open, non-judgmental, heart-to-heart conversations about love, self-love, self-care, dating and relationships. And for this week's episode, I am being joined by the wonderful Valerie Maxim. Welcome to the show, Valerie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited too. I absolutely am. So for everybody listening, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Valerie, who she is and what she does. So Valerie is a national qualified NPC figure builder, bodybuilder competitor. She's a high performance life coach and author of a book entitled Maximizing Life. Empowering individuals to break free from their current circumstances and embrace their true potential has become an innate ability of hers, a gift that she cherishes and utilizes to its maximum to enhance the lives of those around her. Through leveraging her diverse life experiences and transforming the valuable lessons she has learned into relatable, practical guidance, she has discovered an unparalleled joy in not only her own journey, but also in witnessing the incredible growth and happiness of others. As a beacon of encouragement and a catalyst for change, her mission is to inspire individuals to escape the confines of their limitations and fearlessly soar into the life they have always dreamt of living. This beautiful synergy between personal growth and helping others manifest their dreams truly creates a powerful and purposeful existence for all involved. Oh, Valerie. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) That is a lot, but how powerful absolutely powerful I love all that you stand for and I would love for you to share with us a bit more about yourself and some of the key highlights of your life and your your career that led you to doing all that you do right now yes thank you um you know it's been a journey as you said you know we don't we're not given a life manual or when we're younger like this is how you do things if you want to get here or get there it's just life experiences and you know sometimes like me you know not always on the right path for certain reasons, but I look at those as not as failures, but learning moments. I, I can't say I would go back and change anything because I wouldn't be who I am today. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, but going through all that you go through and then you're getting to this place at 52 years old, it's like, wow, I need to turn around and share some of the things that I've learned on my journey because, you know, I, I love learning and I love hearing people's stories and what helped them and what didn't, because, Hey, if I can shorten my time on some things or I can shorten, you know, from getting from point A to point B, mm-hmm. you know, I want to hear more. I want to hear, you know, how you were able to go through things and not get stuck and not sit in resentment and anger and, or even there's times that we don't have any, um, closure. I think that's the worst, you know, when you don't have closure yes. and I know from myself, I found when I didn't have closure on a few things, I was still two years, two years later believe it or not, two years later, still it, not able to really fully move on because mm. I was just like, well, that they just wronged me and they won't, they won't tell me why. And they won't like answer me. And, you know, what did I do? And I don't, you know, you're just like stuck in this, almost like this hamster wheel of, yeah. okay, I need to get off this. And so, you know, just so many little things I've learned on my journey that, you know, that's why I did write a book and, you know, hopefully, not hopefully, I know it's already helped a lot of people, but that's my heart to just, you know, pour out the things I've learned. And as I continue to learn things, you know, continue to share. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. And what you are kind of like, I'm sensing is an element of forgiveness work there. So I know two years, and I know that we can hold on for things and it can fester in us. And it can go, oh, I feel so angry with that person. Or, How <laughs> dare they do that to me? Like, it right. can really foster. So, did you have to do a piece of forgiveness work to know? Because in my mind, you know, forgiveness isn't about condoning that person's behavior or actions. It is just allowing yourself to let go 
of those heavy, unhealthy feelings that we might be having. Not say unhealthy, but the ones that aren't really serving us. Right. You know, I really did have to dig deep into some of that because I've been divorced now for eight years and I dated one person in this eight year window for about two years. And, and, you know, when that went down, it was really hard for me because I finally thought I found my person, right? You're like, Oh my gosh, this is like everything I wanted. Thank you, God. Right. But Mm -hmm. then it didn't turn out that way. And it really, there was a lot there um, that went on and I felt very rejected. I felt very you know, like, you know, how could you do this to me? You know, I was, you know, so good to you. I was all in and something hit me during that process of just crying and being mad at God. And like, you know, you finally bring me this person. It's like a tease, you know, it's like you're, you're wagging this thing over me and I finally have it. And then you take it away. And, and I had to really realize, you know, like I said, when you're saying in forgiveness, I was so angry and not forgiving and, you know, just praying that everything he did to me would be done to him. You know, all those things, yeah. you know, like yeah. karma can get you and you're just like, oh, yeah. I'm so angry. And I finally realized we're all given the power of choice. We all get to make our own decisions, right? We all at the end of the day. So at the end of the day, he chose somebody else. I looked at it like he rejected me. Mm. He didn't reject me. He just chose somebody else that was better for him for whatever reason. And he has every right to do that. Right. So I don't know why it took me two years hanging on and being so upset and not going on any dates, just, just, you know, being stuck in this just hole that I feel like I just kept digging and digging and digging and digging. And then you're just like, so far down, you're like, Oh my goodness, how did I get here? How do I get out of this? Because, you know, this is never coming back together. You know, you have to finally come to that decision and realize I would, and then then I flipped it. I said, you know, let's just say I found somebody else and I had told him I was moving on. I would not want him to spend the next two years feeling rejected and in hurt and because I wasn't trying to reject him. Yeah. I just, at that point in my life, I would be making the decision that I thought was best for me as he did thinking that was the best decision for him and, um, you know, moved on with what, what made him happy. So now I can look at it because I've healed. Yeah. But okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. He found love. He found what he wanted. My day's coming mm-hmm. and, um, and that just wasn't the fit, but for some reason we'll, we'll get stuck in these areas and, and then we, you know, we play victim mode and, you know, that's not fair. And he did this and this to me and it can all be right, but I don't want to be a victim. You know, I want to rise up and be like, okay, that just wasn't for me because on my journey, I've realized the things that are for me and the things that happen, the best things that keep happening to me, I couldn't have made these things happen. They just happen. You know, you're just like, okay, these things that are mine are just coming to me. They're just attracting to me They're, It's like, there's no, there's no having to work it, having to be like making this relationship work or making, you know, things work. It's just, they just, they just are. And that's the place I want to be at. So even though my heart was crushed and all those things, and it was very hurtful, I've learned from that. And I've realized when it's the right person, the right thing, the right timing Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what we all want, because then that is going to last. In my opinion, when you, when you find the right thing, I could be wrong, but from what I'm seeing, like when we have the right things happen, that can last a lifetime, right? Because now you're attracting the right things for you, the right energies, the right, everything. And and in, in, in it's yours and you're not having to fight for it. You just, you have to obviously any relationship work at it, but it's just meant to be. It's like, I, I like to say, it's like two um, magnets. You're trying to put the negatives, you're trying to put them together oh. and they're, they're not connecting. Right. But that's what I was trying to do in that relationship mm-hmm. really for the two years on different things. Like, you know, just trying to continue to make it work. And then if there were things that he liked, I always faltered to do what he wanted to do. You know, what, what made him happy, what, never thought about my own, own happiness. So I learned a lot in that too, realizing that why do we do that? Sometimes when we date someone, all of a sudden we like all their hobbies and all their things and what they want to do and how, what they want to spend the weekends doing. And, and why do we lose ourselves? You know? So I did learn a lot in that journey to be authentic to me, no matter who I'm around. And even now I have a lot of guy friends, which is interesting. And I'm always myself. If I want to say something, I say it, you know, I'm not being rude or mean or anything, but I've learned. And it was, it was, a, it was like life lessons that I had to learn. I didn't learn those at a younger age. Mm. I got married really young. I was never 
allowed to have guy friends. So I never was able to learn those lessons. And so now it's like, I'm learning these lessons. I'm learning how to have friendships with, with, with men and be myself and never cave to anything. This is who I am. Like I'm, I'm going to continue to figure out how to make the best version of me and ha- have that girl show up every single day and just mm-hmm. keep being a better version, a better version in every single day, just being me and letting my light shine. And then I know in the right timing, I will start attracting the right opportunities, the right people, the right friendships, the right mm-hmm. networking circles, just all the right things, right? They just start attracting to you because you're continually, or I'm continually showing up to be my authentic self. My yeah. old self showed up every day being unauthentic, didn't know who I was, just was like a leaf in the wind. And I just was floating here and there and whoever was doing whatever, I was just like trying to fit in and serve and give and, and, and you know, accommodate and make sure everybody's happy. And you can't live a life like that. I mean, that's an exhausting way to live. Completely exhausting. And what you share there is so inspiring. There's so many things that I'd love to touch upon in terms of what you said there. Firstly, that powerful reframe of turning that feeling of rejection into, okay, he just found something that was better for him at that time. So Mm -hmm. you took his choice away from it being on you. It was like right. he made a choice that was better for him. Likewise, mm-hmm. the empathy. If I was in that same position, what would that look like too? So the mm-hmm. aim isn't to make that person feel rejected. Right. So moving back onto the rejection, often rejection is a huge wound that most of oh, us yes. experience. To the heart. My heart was like ripped out in 10 million pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I- I've been there too. I think most yeah. of us have been there, that feeling right. of rejection, even maybe even abandonment as well right. during the time is like oh my gosh and I feel abandoned to do right. I mean there's so many triggers now right. often the feeling of rejection about something we, we believe we are feeling rejected about isn't actually in that moment it could be something from the past that is triggering us did you find that you all of these feelings of rejection from the past started to come up too in that moment yes and, and also even goes back to 12 years old when my dad passed away I felt like I was angry. I was angry at him for leaving. I felt he abandoned me. A girl at 12 years old needs her dad. She's getting her self-confidence from him. The most important years are like 12, 13, 14, those years of your dad showing you how you're supposed to be treated by a man. And I was very, very angry and felt very abandoned. And the only thing I ever wanted, like literally when I pray from just being after he passed was I wanted a man to love me. And I know I was in two relationships. I was married and again, you know, that's a whole nother stories, but I never felt unconditional love from either one of them. It was very always conditional with conditions and with, you know, just you had to be a certain way and this and that you do this, that and that this you're loved. But if you don't, then you're not loved. You know, it's just it was never I never was at a place in my life that I felt like that I could say that man really loved me. And I did feel like a part of that with the person that I was dating for those two years. I felt like this person really cares about me a lot, Mm -hmm. like just, or at least I perceived it the way he would talk to me and say things. And I never had that before. So yes, I I feel like that was a trigger also going back to my past because it's like, okay, I felt like all that I had been through was like, oh, now it's my turn. Now it's my time to have this. And then all of a sudden have it blow up in my face and then it was so, yes, you're right. It did also trigger back to then I was like in a deeper hole of, oh, my gosh, this goes back from, you know, my dad leaving, not feeling love, the relationships I went to. I mean, just everything magnified, like you're looking through a magnifying yeah. glass. And then I just felt like my whole world blew up. And here I am, like, at that time, how old was I then? Maybe 40 nine, you know, so you're just going, okay, this is, this is, I've been this many years and can never say that I've been truly loved by a man. And here I thought I had this. And then now all of a sudden he's been seeing somebody else while seeing me. And then he chose her. And so then I just felt super rejected. I mean, literally my heart, I couldn't even breathe. I'm sure you know that feeling like when you feel like your heart's just been like ripped out and just in millions of pieces. And and then it's like, okay, how do I pick myself back up from this? And it was like, that's really the turning moment when I decided to write my book, really decided to be like, okay, Valerie, you are the common denominator, whether you like it or not, in all your relationships. So let's try to figure out what you're doing. Why are you attracting what you're attracting? I mean, 
let, let's see if there's things in you that we can grow and that you can become, you know, stronger, happier, healthier. You know, I feel like the more, the higher that your energy, you just start creating, you start um, attracting what you are. Right. So I want to take myself to the next level. And so I was at that time, I just recently put two and two together about that moment that my whole life, I've been looking for a King, you know, I want a man that, you know, will believe in me too, but he loves me. He protects me. He cares for me. He provides for me, but yet he lets me have my business and do my things. And like, he'll support me and he'll uplift me and he'll be my biggest cheerleader. That takes a King that doesn't feel like he's inferior. doesn't, doesn't get jealous or doesn't feel like, Oh, you're talking in front of other people. They're looking like, you know, I've been looking for a King and I realized I haven't groomed myself to be a queen. So how am I going to attract my king if I haven't been grooming myself and been working on myself to be a queen? And so that's why I'm saying when I was in that broken spot of saying I'm this, I'm the common denominator, I was not where I needed to be. You know, you have to grow into to you have to grow into being the person you want to be when there's certain goals you want to achieve, right? You have yeah. to continually work on it and whatever that might be. And so for myself, I've just really taken this last year or two and really diving deep into, you know, how do Queens act? You know, well, how do they act when things don't go their way? How do they act if someone's talking about them? How do they act if, you know, in all, in all the different circumstances, just really trying to raise my energy and just showing up for myself every day and being the brightest light that I can be when I'm around people in the rooms I'm in and genuinely being interested in other people and caring about them and, and giving out. And I give out so much that I realize when I go home, I'm like, okay, I got to take back in. So I'm yeah. just constantly refilling myself every day with positive things and positive podcasts and, you know, you know, meditating and just be praying and just keeping my, my cup full. So I can't have more to give out because I feel like I'm just giving out so much, but you also have to take and give, you know, back in my old self only gave out. So mm -hmm. when I was back there and I was broken, I'm like, how did I get here? What do I need to do? It's because all I did was give and give and give and give and give. And then I started playing victim mentality of like, well, I did this and I did that and I gave this and I gave that. And I was, you know, you're, you're, you're just like, give, 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 but that was so off balance that that wasn't even healthy in itself. You know, looking at that relationship, healthy relationship shouldn't be one person giving everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's give and take in a healthy relationship, that balance yeah. between it. So yeah. I just love how you're saying how you move from almost this victim mentality to being a victor. And I absolutely love that empowered state that you found yourself in and moving from a place of, dare I say, like insecurity to actually feeling more of a secure person, more secure within yourself. So that involves you creating more safety within yourself and in your environments, which also stems to creating boundaries. Mm -hmm. So what has been one of your biggest learnings when it comes to creating boundaries? What have you learned about yourself? So creating boundaries, that's a very interesting thing that you say that because I found when I went on this journey, which I really felt like I would be on my journey for about six months, I'd meet my man and be married. <laughs> Little did I know that it was going to take eight years. And on my journey, I realized what I was looking for the entire time I was looking for in men, but what I was really looking for was self-love. Hmm. I always thought the word self-love was selfish. I didn't like the word, like that's weird. I don't really want to talk about it. My coach wanted me to, to, have more self-love. I'm like, I have so much love that I can't even tell you. There's not enough room in this. There's not enough space in this room, all the love I have, Yeah. but that's giving out. Right. So I needed, to, I did not realize I needed, you know, my self-love, but I was always looking for that piece to be filled from a man. And so whenever I was on this journey, I realized that when I found self-love, I'm like, this is the feeling that I've been looking for. Like, um, this is what I've been looking for. Like this feeling of, I can say no to things. I can go to dinner by myself and sit at the bar or whatever, and enjoy meeting people and not feel weird about being by myself. I can, you know, go get a massage when I've done too much all week and I'm exhausted instead of just like not taking care of myself. I, I know, you know, when to say no to going to things and, you know, how to eat and sleep and get my proper care. And when I found self-love, I also found boundaries. Mm. 
because when I had no self-love in those relationships, I so craved the attention and their love that I took the crumbs. I took whatever they would give me. So if, if somebody barely gave me anything or barely spoke to me, or I saw them once or twice a week, or it was always on their terms, or I, I was just thankful for that time that I, I was just like, oh, okay. I'm, there was no boundaries to, for me now looking back, I would never do that because now I have boundaries that I know. I know my value. I know my worth. I know what I bring to the table in a relationship and a friendship and a business thing, whatever I know. So I'm not going to allow people just to run over me or, you know, just throw me whatever, like here, like they don't really care. Now I know, okay, yeah, that's not going to work. I'm, you know, I'm good. But and in, in having self-love, I don't get as attached to somebody like, because I've had friends and guys that I'm like, oh, I would really like to date them. And then as I got to know them, I'm like, oh yeah, no. And, but it's okay. I've, I've been able to, to say no, because I know now the bigger picture of what I want for my happily ever after. When I see these different things, I'm like, okay, that's, I'm not going to settle for that. So I know my boundaries. I know my self-love. I know my value. I know my worth. And it's a much easier place. Like when you're showing up in life every day with those like armors and those, those like little nuggets in you that you have those things It makes it, I feel like when things do come your way and disappointments do come or you realize, oh yeah, that's the person I don't want to date. I get over it faster because I know that that's, um, that's not going to bring me happiness, you know, for the rest of my life. And I'm now at my age, I'm not looking just to play around or, you know, with, I'm not going to settle for things that are not my core values. And I know there's no perfect person, but there's still our core values. There's still our core things that, you know, you need to have lined up with whoever that person that you're with, I believe. I believe so too, because I believe that when you can have shared core values, it really helps with greater compatibility and connection with that person too. So thinking about your king, because you've thought about, you know, you're looking for a king. And then in mm-hmm. order to have that king, you need to be the queen. So what kind of core values would you be looking to be sharing with your king? First of all, I want, you know, core values is, you know, happiness and, you know, laughter and friendship oh. and, you know, unconditional love and friendship that we're, we're each other's biggest cheerleaders. Like, you know, he has his thing, his business, his hobbies. I want him to have his hobbies in his life. I have my hobbies. I compete, you know, my business, but having a trust in a, in a foundation of, you know, we're in this together. You, you, I trust you, you trust me. And that way, when we do come together, we have things to talk about. We, and then I also want to have our things that we do together, you know, whether that be a hobby or, or we travel or things that, you know, when we're together that, you know, that we do those, like those things. And I feel like when you find your a king and a queen, I think those are the people that you see in life that you're like, man, that's a powerful. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Because when you, so when you show up, every cell in your body is energy. And I think mm-hmm. I might've told you this before when we spoke, but it's all energy. So the way I like to look at it is if I'm operating on all cylinders, I'm going to show up an entire fireball. My, my whole fireball is going to be like the whole round fireballs on fire. I am showing up every cell in my energy in my body is here. I'm present. Yeah. I'm here. I'm with you. Um, and, and to get there, that means you have to have worked through forgiveness because if you have unforgiveness, that fireball immediately gets cut in half because mm. that's just, you know, there there's, there's unforgiveness. And then if you have some resentment and, and close, you don't have closure on things, your fireball gets smaller and smaller. So many people show up this little piece and they're looking for somebody else to complete the rest of that fireball. So when you say my king, he's going to be the whole fireball too. When you have two people that are coming in a room and they're both like, there's no arrogance, there's no ego, there's no better than I am, better than you or anything, but, but taking the time to invest in ourselves to, to want to find this happiness, this, you know, this intimacy, you know, you want to have true intimacy, you know, when you're looking for that, that only comes with trust, 100% trust, the the more trust you have, intimacy just gets greater and greater, right? So showing up in a room together at events or whatever, and you have two people that know who they are, and they don't, 
if, if they're, you know, pulled aside, people, we don't waver in who we are and our values. And, you know, we're not like being shady or talking down about the other person. Like it's always, you're always uplifting. So that's when I say my king and my queen, it's like, life can be so much better. You can go so far in life. I have learned when you have a cheerleader, I have a best friend who's a guy and he has been my biggest cheerleader for the past four years, biggest cheerleader, writing my book. He sends me texts all the time. You're a queen. Don't settle for anything less. Like, you know, you're a champion. And the, he, I tell him all the time, you have no idea that those texts come at the right time because it's in moments that I just want to quit. Like I'm, I'm, I've been doing this for eight years and it's like, when is this going to take off for me? And I'm doing and showing up and it gets tiring sometimes. Right. Yeah. And so when you have someone who believes in you and continues, I have found that, wow, I really think I've only made it through some of these last few major pushes because of him. So how great would it be to be in a relationship when you live with that person? Yeah. You're both equally giving to, you know, like I'm uplifting him when he's having down moments, he's uplifting me when I'm having down moments that we're continually always uplifting each other, believing in each other. I mean, how far could you go in life when you have that kind of a relationship? I just love that because it's like this power couple, this purposeful couple together who Mm -hmm. are in alignment complete alignment and one of the big things that you said there was trust as well Mm -hmm. and how fundamental that is to the dynamics of all relationships that we have healthy relationships and one of the big factors about trust is that we have to start trusting ourselves and trusting our decisions and trusting that even if things don't seem to be going right I can trust myself to make a choice that is going to be self-loving that's going to take responsibility even if we are the common denominator in this situation, we can take a we can take responsibility for that and accountability and know that. But that takes trust in ourselves too to be able to do that. And you mentioned about um, so we, you mentioned about the bodybuilding and the competition and the competitive work that you did there. Were there any like thinking about it? Were there any practices or habits from your competing um, experiences that you can take into a relationship? Any sort of are there any nuances or anything that you can say, oh, I can take that learning and I can apply it to my relationships too? I mean, it definitely takes a lot of commitment. Commitment. Mm. Oh, it, you're, you're committed. You know, you're committed on days you don't feel like it. You're committed on days that you're tired. Maybe you have a headache. You know, when you're competing, you're still showing up every day for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, knowing that not every day is the, the best day not every workout's the best workout. And there are days that I get in the gym and I'm like, okay, I set my phone timer for an hour or 45 minutes, whatever time I have. And I'm like, put my headphones in. And I said, okay, you just have to make it through. I, you don't have to like, there's just days I don't, I don't, I take the pressure off. You don't have to push all this heavy weight, but you have to do something for this whole time. And I, and I just make myself get through it. So, you know, I do think there's just times that even in relationships that, you know, maybe you're, going through something, but you still show up, you still show up for that person. You're still there. You're still in the game. You're still um, not every day is always going to be, you know, sunshine and roses because that's just, um, that's just not life. And we do learn and become stronger in our trials and in, in, in times that maybe we're going through things. So it's not necessarily bad when you have a King and a queen and you're working through things or you're seeing things on a different level, but I believe the key to that is communication, being able to have a safe ground space that you can communicate and say, well, I feel this way because X, Y, Z. And then that way you can think about it. Okay. And so you're, you're working through it. And then when you can really communicate and work through things, I feel like that makes your relationship even stronger. So don't like, I would never walk out and be like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to fight that. I don't want to I think you do a disservice to yourself and your relationship when you just let it go and you don't really have that place to have that full on communication. But when you're in the right relationship, you should be able to have an adult conversation in whether maybe you're just being silly. I mean, us women, sometimes we're being silly, right? We have our hormones. So maybe, (laughs) but, but being heard, right. When you're in a, when you can communicate and you're being heard and then they come back and you're like, okay, you feel like you're heard. We're on the same page. You got it. Then all things are good. And then that strengthens the relationship rather than ignoring it, not showing up for the relationship, 
maybe being like, I don't want to be around him. I'm going to go out with my girlfriends for the next three nights. And you just kind of put that separation. You still have to, like, like I said, like even in the gym, I still showed up for myself when I worked out mm-hmm. in a relationship, still have to show up even on, even on the hard days. But a lot of times on the hardest days that you show up, I know in the gym have been some of my greatest workouts. Absolutely. So. I want to talk more about like the communication piece and having that confidence to be able to speak up and hopefully the person you're speaking to will be actually hearing, not just listening, but actually hearing what you're saying. But sometimes there can be some limitations or some fears about speaking up. And I know yeah. that you do work with people to help them to break the confines of limitation and fearless. So what are you finding showing up for the people that you work with? And are there any common fears and limitations that you're finding? Oh, there's a lot of common fears and limitations. It's fear itself. It's fear of, well, wonder if I say that and then they leave me or wonder if I say that in, 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 you know, they just go to the worst case scenario. Wonder if I really say what I mean and that's not what they want. And then what, then I, then I, now I have a bigger mess or, you know, so you just have to get to a place that you're like, when you truly authentically know yourself and you're truly authentically showing up every day for yourself, there comes a, I don't, I don't know if you say attitude, there just comes a knowing that just being me is okay. And, you know, if I'm not, I'm not coming at, at a rude or a mean way, I'm just coming up authentically me. Yeah. And when you, when you do do that, you will lose some friendships. You will, people will, there are some people that will um, walk out because they can't handle it. And it, it is hurtful. It is. Um, I, I've had that happen like multiple times with girlfriends and different friends when I started showing up for myself and being authentic, it wasn't taken very well because they're like, um, what happened to the old Valerie that just yeah. did everything we said or, or, you know, and it's like, no, I'm, I, I had to grow and they're great people. There just sometimes comes a lot in life where not everybody's meant to be with us through every season, every chapter of our life. And there does come an end and that it's almost, it almost feels like a death. It is, it is hurtful. It is. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, they just, you know, they weren't, we, it was just our time to separate. It was like, okay, we were on this journey in life together and now you're going to go this direction and I'm going this direction. And so I've just really had, as I'm going through my things, realizing that to not get so attached to everything mm-hmm. and just show up every day for myself, unapologetically me, like they say, you know, just being the best version of myself, having the best intentions, you know, coming with a pure heart and you're not going to please everybody. And, and that's not, we're not meant to be that way. So when you, I feel like when you continue to, to do that and be that you can communicate with whoever. So when you're saying, how do I communicate? How do we talk? How do we, when you're with the right people, they want to hear more like, okay, tell me more because I love to ask more questions when I'm with a friend or whatever. And I was talking to a friend on the phone last night who's going through a bunch of stuff as a friend. And I just kept asking her questions. Well, tell me more like, why, why do you feel that way? Like what makes you have that feeling about that? And why are you holding on so much? Just keep asking the questions, right? Because I don't want to be in judgment of her. I'm just truly trying to understand yeah. why she's trying to hang on to something that anybody looking inward, like outward looking in would be like, okay, what, why are, what are you hanging on to? Like, why, why do you feel the need to stand so firmly for this to take place? And so after listening to her, it's like, okay. I got it. I know what you're standing on. That's awesome. I support you. So when you're starting to feel upset and waver and crying and in a situation, you got to remember everything you just told me in, in journal it and stand on that. Because if that's what your heart truly believes, it doesn't matter what anybody else is trying to tell you, whether to leave or stay or do whatever in your relationship, like you have to do what your heart tells you to do. And you know, if you need to, you know, when you're communicating with the other person, like you just have to always be true to yourself. And I think what sometimes people do, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this in my past. We get a little passive aggressive when we communicate, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause we kind of are like, you know, you're just kind of, I don't even want to say manipulating, but you're not really saying what you want. You're not, you're not, you you have to show up and say ex- exactly what you want. Like, don't go beat around the bush. I used to just beat around the bush because I kind of wanted to feel the other person now to see if they maybe felt the same way I was feeling. So I wouldn't really say exactly how I truly felt, but kind you know, so you're, that's not a good way to communicate. So I have just learned that, you know what, 
and take a deep breath. And I'm just going to share where I'm coming from, why I'm coming from here, what I'm feeling. And I have to know when I say that to the other person that they could just look at me and walk out of the room and say nothing. And I need to be okay with that because I am saying my true authentic self and I can't have any expectations that they're going to come back and say, you are so right. I am so behind you. You know, everything you said, yes. You know, you have to always speak your truth. There, there have been times that, you know, in, in my, my single life here recently and stuff, you know, I have friends and different guys that I'm like, you know, I would, I would choose you and date you if it was possible, but they've made it very clear. They don't want to date. And I, and I, and I, and I, um, what do you want to say? I respect that, but I also speak my truth because I don't want that person to ever not know where I was coming from and what I was feeling. But at the same time, when they haven't said it back to me and they don't, I don't take that as any form of rejection. I'm just like, I'm just thankful that I have your friendship and we have enough, we have enough of a strengthened friendship that we can speak, Mm -hmm. you know, truth to each other. And, and, and I still care for you as a friend and, and you don't ever, I don't ever have to go on a date with you for the rest of my life ever. And I still value your friendship. But at the end of the day, I do want you to know how I feel about you because we have to tell people how we feel, right? We have to tell people not hang it, you know, hold on to it, but, but, but it is, it's being vulnerable. And I have had to learn vulnerability. Um, the one way that I learned by, like, I like to give stories and analogies because that's really how I remember things. And so for me, in part in my book, I had walls up like walls above walls. And I had to, I really was trying to understand why I have so many walls up. People would always say, you have so many walls up. Like you can't even get close to you. Like you're very, you can feel it. Like it's, 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 you can. And I did, I had walls up because I have been hurt so much over my lifetime that another wall would come up. Cause I'm like, okay, that didn't feel good. I don't want to have that happen again. So a wall goes up like, and before you know it, you have all these walls up and yes, I'm keeping all the bad out, but guess what? I'm keeping all the right opportunities, the right people, the right friendships, the right dating people, all of that I'm keeping out too. And so if you want love and if you want success and you want these things in your life and you want good communication and you, these are the things you desire. Those, those walls have to come down and you have to become vulnerable again. And that is not an easy thing to do. That is time that can take years, but at least being mindful of it, that when you're in situations, Oh, my walls are up again. Okay. Valerie, let the walls down, take a deep breath and say what you mean, say what you mean, because you need to be authentic to you. And the more you do it, I feel like it kind of like self-confidence. It's like a muscle. The more you do it, the more you, you, the more confident you get. I feel like it's the same kind of thing. Mm. The more you're mindful of it and you can just take that deep breath for a second and be like, okay, I'm going to be authentic to myself. I'm going to walk in my tree. I have nothing to lose because I'm not going to have expectations for that other person to tell me what I want to hear. I'm going to speak my truth out into the universe to that person and whatever comes back, comes back and I'm willing to receive it. So if they come back and say, I would never date you, um, I'm tired of you saying this to me and they don't talk to me again. I'm going to be, I'm truly going to be okay. Like I'm going to be okay because at the end of the day, at least I shared where I was coming from Mm. and I will move on and you know, next it's not going to, I'm not going to put walls up and I'm not going to say, Oh, I'm never doing that again. No, because one of these times, me being true and authentic to myself, it's going to be the right person. Absolutely. That vulnerability piece is absolutely huge. And when you were sharing about you had that conversation with your friend and you said to put her to to journal about it, journaling is one of the best things that you can do to help with being vulnerable because you're being vulnerable to your thoughts and your feelings. And you're able to sit down and go witness exactly what you're saying to yourself, the self-talk, and witness it, honor those feelings, and to be able to reframe it. So you can say, okay, so how can I think differently about this situation? That does, as you said, it takes time. Vulnerability takes time. So with the the people that you work with, um, do you work with both women and male gender? You know, I have. I I do. I, of course, you know, when you're marketing yourself, they always say market your pinpoints. So I'm always yeah. going towards women, you know, but I actually have I've almost equally men as women that I've worked with. Yeah. Are you finding that the vulnerability piece is quite a huge thing for them, like to be able to open up? That is 
common among everybody. I mean, it, it is, you know, and I think the older we get, the more walls we have up, the more stuff we have to get real with ourselves on. If we really, if we want to go to the next level, if you want the rest of your life to be the best years of your life, so much you have to walk through the mud and you have to go through the, the, the jungle and the, the hard times and, you know, getting through the things that you would rather just be like getting dirty. Like, okay, I just don't want to do all that, but I yeah. want to have that. It doesn't, I haven't ever seen that that's how it works. So I've realized, okay, so there are times you just have to just know that you sometimes have to go through some things and it might not be all pretty and pleasant in the beginning, but you're, you're investing in yourself and you, and you will, you know, work through those things to get you to where you want to go. Yeah. So something you said earlier as well, which is being your authentic self doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be mean. You come from a place of goodness. It's like, I'm just going to say right. it. I'm just keeping it real. That kind no, of. No, I think I think that's not what we're alluding to here at all. No, I think when you find self-love, it is very hard to even be rude to somebody else. I mean, it really is because when you have self-love, you know, your relationship with yourself is an extension to every other relationship you have. So when you love yourself and you know your value and you you know um, your worth and you know how hard it's been to get there, you have more of a, your love. If you have self-love, you, you are love. So when you are love and you're coming to this world from a place of love and every day you're trying to create the best version of yourself, you're not going to come from judgment. There's not going to be judgmentalness. There's not going to be harshness. There's not going to be, we're human. Don't get me wrong. There could be times that our buttons get pushed and we have to go back and apologize. But I'm saying as a whole, as a normal everyday thing, you're showing up in a way that you, um, that you're, you're giving out the best of you. So when you're showing up authentic, you're showing up in a, in a good place. You're showing up in a place that when you go to bed at night, you can sleep good knowing you know, I, I did the best I could do today. I, I brought the best I could bring to the day. And that's what I'm meaning of being your authentic self, like, you know, finding out, you know, the things that make you happy and make you, you know, just more excited about life and more vibrant and more at peace and just all the things that you're looking for and your happiness mm -hmm. that comes whenever you are truly living authentic, because I, I lived an unauthentic life for almost 50 years. So I know what it feels like to show up every day. I was showing up every day, just trying to get through the hours. Like what time is it? Okay. I'm, I want to get in bed. So yeah. how many more hours so I can get in bed? You know, I'm just, I just want, I just wanted through the day. Let's just get this day over with. And then, then it was start over the next day, the same thing. And I just want to get this day over with unless, you know, so when you get to the place that you're like, okay, I don't have to live like this anymore. Every day I wake up, I wake up like when you're a kid going on a field trip, like, who am I going to meet today? What am I going to get to do today? Like, you know, what's, what's the day going to bring me? And, and I wake up with an excitement of, oh, I have another day of life. I'm so thankful for this. And, you know, who can I share with? Who can I reach out to? Who can I, you know, speak positivity into? Cause I know we live in a world that that's, People, I, I just assume people have it because I'm blessed to have it, but people yeah. that I talked to and I did a book signing not that long ago and a couple of the ladies would just kept coming back and hugging me and kept coming back. They just couldn't get enough. And I'm like, because I was just speaking life into them when they were sharing things. And I didn't realize at the time I had to go back and think, why would they keep hugging me? But it was like, they were so dried up and that I was just speaking that the possibilities and, you know, that the excitement for life and that you can you can rewrite your story and, you know, you, you can, and, you know, they just could not get enough of that. So I know we live in a world that people don't get enough positivity in their life and knowing that, you know, you have like that cheerleader behind you that you got this. I believe in you. Oh, I just want to highlight a, few, oh, a number of things that you said there, Valerie, so beautifully expressed. Firstly, that self-reflection and celebrating yourself, going to bed at night and to say, what did I do great today? That self-acknowledgement is so important because we're not always going to get the validation from somebody else, but that self-validation and acknowledgement is so powerful. I say to my clients, look, before you go to bed or at some point of the day, celebrate yourself. At least 10 or all, big wins, small wins, whatever that can be for the day. Mm -hmm. You also spoke about gratitude, being thankful, the power of gratitude to help us along our self-love journey as well. The love that we give to others, our self-love, so powerful in that aspect too and I was like just listening to you thinking I love that I love that because somebody 
sometimes people say, oh, you're so positive all of the time. I'm not positive. There's no, there's a difference between like toxic positivity. I am positive, but I do have those down days. No, I do have down moments. Of course I do, because we're human. It's exactly. the it's the waves of life. I have them too. Oh, yep. That's it's yeah. just yeah. We have them. I just choose not to stay there. Right. I find ways to be able to shift and move forward. Yes. Now I am imagining that your book, Maximizing Life, is kind of around that concept i would love to hear a little bit more about that book that you've written and what um readers could expect to receive from it yes. it's my first book i have another one coming but i'm very excited about my first book you know and i long story short i did everything myself i wrote it i edited it i i did everything because i had a company that i was using and unfortunately they weren't legit so <laughs> I, I i'm very proud of the book even though it's, it's my first book and so in the book, I really wanted to just give people awareness of topics, let's just say, because people don't always take the time to think about self-love or limiting beliefs or letting your walls down. Like we don't just walk around and that comes in our head and, Hey, I'm going to think about this. And what does it mean? Yeah. So when I wrote the book, it, I wrote it to be very, it's a short book. It's an easy read. Each chapter is individual because I know when I was broken and I was hurt and I was down. And if you were to hand me a big complex book, I'd be like, okay, that's too much for me right now. I, I can barely breathe. And, and if I'm going to have to really think, it's kind of like on days that, you know, you might be having a moment and you want to put a chick flick on because you don't really want to think and you just want to like, okay, you know, so <laughs> then you have to like follow every step of the movie and be like, so into it. So the way I wrote the book was just to be each chapter freestanding and giving people things to think about. And after each chapter, there's a little place for notes. And what I found people that have read the book, they come back to me and I love when they share what they receive from it, because it's very interesting that people receive way different things than even what I was writing about, right? Because we all come from different backgrounds and different things and self-love to somebody else might have a different take and they might have a different way to come around to find their own self-love. And so in chapter in the first four chapters is basically my first four chapters is of how you go from surviving every day. Like I did, like I say, I'm just waking up to get through the day, having panic attacks, feeling depressed, just not wanting to get out of bed. How do I get through each day yeah. to where you're actually excited to get up and you're getting up early. I get up a lot of times now at four 30 or 5 AM and I'm excited for the day. And I have my hour for myself in the morning and I do all my things to get my energy going and, you know, that doesn't just happen overnight. So the first four chapters, I really talk about how I had that mindset shift, how I was able to, okay, this is what I had to do in order to then move forward. And in chapter one, I talk about a little briefly about, it was an analogy kind of thing, a story that came into my head that I spoke out when I was driving, I had to pull over actually and speak it into my recorder. So I wouldn't forget it. Cause I've never had this happen before. This whole thing was coming to me and, and I'm like, Okay, pull over, re speak it out. And it, it really said, it said, Valerie, it said, you have been in control of your happiness in your life, your entire life. And as he said, he said, um, it said, you have not soared in life. You have not taken off because your airplane is stacked full with heavy baggage. And it's, it's, it's physically too heavy to take off. Yeah. It's impossible. You can go down the runway, but it's not taken off. Like it is that heavy. And, you know, when we're, when we're weighed down with anger and resentment and, and fear and rejection and, and, and disappointments and you're so heavy, you show up every day, you're so heavy. You're just like, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to be in a position to go soar and conquer the world because you're so weighed down that it's impossible. And so it was like, basically it was show, it was telling me in this, in this vision, if you want to call it that when I decided to one by one start looking inward and investing in myself in healing, one bag was thrown out at a time. Okay. That baggage was thrown out. This one was thrown out. That one was thrown out. And all of a sudden my plane became so light because I got rid of all of it. And now it's, it said, you're going to soar to places that you never thought possible because your plane is, is, is light. And, and in life, I feel so light. I feel so like every day I show up, I don't have a heaviness. I don't have a heavy breathing. I, I have this, um, just, just this light, happy knowing that, you know, every day good things are going to happen. And when, when things do hit that aren't good, I'm going to have enough knowing to how to work through them, how to navigate them. 
And so once you get through that, and, and I had forgiving others for me was easier than forgiving myself. I had things that I allowed my kids to go through in relationships and it affected their lives. And so by me seeing how I affected their lives, yeah. very, very, very difficult to forgive myself. Like it, and that was the hardest thing. And I just cried at my kids and like, mom, it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. I can't forgive myself. I mean, it was just, and they're like, no, it's really okay. But I, that was the hardest thing was for me to forgive myself. And then once I did that, I was in a place to, okay, now what? what is self-love? If I'm even going to go on this journey, what is self-love? What is self-love not? How do I even find self-love? So it's baby steps every day, caring for yourself like you would of a person that you love the most in this world, whatever that looks like. If you're having a moment and you're just having a little rough day in that little cappuccino in Starbucks makes you happy, then you go in there and get you that cappuccino. Yeah. You do things that bring some happiness to you. And it's just little baby steps as you find yourself love. And so that's chapter two is talking about the self-love. And then it, then I went into, okay, so now I'm kind of finding self-love, but I have all these voices in my head that are telling me why I can't do everything I want to do. I mean, you're too old. You're, you don't have enough money. You don't have a college education. You know, you've already been married twice. And you like, I just, all the things that, you know, you're just like, your head's just swimming with everything holding you back from yeah. where you're wanting to go. So we talk about, those are called limiting beliefs. And we talk about those and how to replace them with positive affirmations and how they're always going to come to your head. They're, I, mean, I don't care if they still come to my head. I don't speak on them or act on them. In fact, when they do come to my head, I speak off the opposite. Okay. You know, I speak, I literally speak off the opposite. So my subconscious, so I can consciously hear that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fall for that mind game. So we, I talk about that, that and then chapter four, I talk about the correlation between, you know, when your walls go up and your walls come down is with, it's the same as, you know, your vulnerability, you know, when the walls come down, you're becoming vulnerable in the importance of bringing your walls down, because there's a, there's so many beautiful things the world has for us and each person individually. And we have gifts and talents and people that need to come in our lives and opportunities. And, you know, we're all connected to people and, you know, I could be having myself in a place and you could know someone who you say, oh, Valerie, this, and then she connects with me. And then I do that. Like, you don't know how all that's going to play out in life if you're not showing up as your true, authentic, best self. Right. Mm -hmm. So when those walls come down and you're willing to do, like I said, speak your voice, be who you are, stand, you know, tall, be in your confidence, know your self-love. It's, it's all works together. Mm -hmm. and you're showing up every day as your best self. And I feel like when you get to that, that point, it's like, you know, the world is at your hand. But for me, I have all of these um, goals. And with my ADD, I start all of them and I don't finish them. So I wrote a formula. It's called F plus C is M square. So focus plus consistency equals um, motivation and momentum. So I talk about how when you, you have to first identify the goal you're going for, knowing exactly what it is. And then we, we write out an action plan. I, I teach you how to write out an action plan of certain action items that you will commit to. Yeah. We, we, we circle our top three that you'll commit to for whatever days it is, 30, 60, 90 days. You're going to do it like the sun rises as the sun sets, period. You're going you're gonna to follow those actions. Okay. And when you follow those actions and stop focusing on the goal, um, you're, you're going to get there in time, right? So yeah. if you're trying to lose weight and all you do is focus on the scale, in for 60 days, 90 days, that's all you do. Yeah. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to be like, you know, I didn't lose anything. I gained weight. I'm going to go eat pizza. This isn't working. But if we have this plan and we say, okay, for, for these days, you're going to get to circle. I make them give me like 20 things that they could do to lose weight and then circle yeah. the top three, those top three you're doing. Cause you chose them for 90 days. And I promise you, if you do them, like you're supposed to in 90 days, you're going to see results on your mm -hmm. weight loss because you followed the actions yeah. And, by, and by seeing the results, you are going to be, you're going to get, you're going to be motivated because you're going to be like, oh, wow, your belief system is going to come up. You're going to believe in yourself. I did it. I can do this. You're going to reevaluate. And then you're going to be like, okay, I could drop this X, you know, I don't have to really eat that much on this meal. And I could probably do about 15 more minutes of cardio here. And, and you get so excited and then, and then that creates momentum. And so yeah. that momentum then is like, you're so excited. So you start reaching these goals. And then what happens, I talk about people will reach their goals and then they quit because they reach their goals. So what happens 60 days, 90 days later, they contact you and say, 
I put all my weight back on. Yeah. And so I teach, I also teach them that, okay, just because you reached your goal doesn't mean you're done. Now you have to reevaluate and reset it, whether it's, whether it's a goal that's just going to keep you, um, you know, just keep you stable. You're just going to stay where you're at. You're just, you know, that's okay. But what do we need to do, you know, to just keep you where you're at for you not to, you know, put more weight on. So then we rewrite the plan. And so that goes with anything in life, whatever your goals are. So I wrote that plan. And then in my book, um, my kids talked a little bit, they shared a little bit about how their life was affected when mom was who she was, you know, back in the day when I had no self-love, didn't know who I was. And just basically just, you know, just, they, they, they witnessed it. They never saw me laugh. They never saw me smile. They never saw me happy into where I'm at today. My kids have all healed by just watching me. And I've had kids on drugs and jail and all kinds of stuff that I've had my kids go through stuff. And I never said a word to them when I went on my healing journey. I never told them to do anything. I just started healing. And then I started noticing they started changing. And then when I started my life coaching, maybe, maybe, I don't know if it's been quite two years ago. When I started my life coaching, I asked my kids, I said, I want to start coaching with you because my kids are older. They're 20 to 32 right now. So I asked them, I said, I want to start life coaching with you because I want my family to be healthy and whole before I start giving out to the world. Yeah. And so we did through zoom because they're older. They don't live with me. So we did through zoom. I found out so many things about my kids because I just listened and coached and provided them a safe space to share with me in, in their healing journey. And it was just, it was just, I don't know. It was just, to me, that was just the most rewarding thing of the whole thing to know that when you heal yourself and to see it firsthand that it ripples out and it does. So when you just think, oh, it doesn't matter, but it does. So when you become your best version, be ready to start seeing family mm-hmm. members that are close family members healing, and then you'll start seeing extension and extension and extension, and it will keep growing. And it will be because you are the person that stood up and said, okay, my generations from here on out aren't going to go this way. Yeah. We're going to change this. We're going to change our mindsets, our, you know, the, the way that we do things, our belief system, and we were meant for more and we're going to, you know, achieve more, do more, be more. Mm-hmm. And so like they, like I said, they wrote a little bit. And then at the end, I gave a 30 day challenge. What a powerful book. That's such a journey that you take the reader on, isn't it? It's just like, oh, that's where you were. You've got the self-love piece. You've got the limiting beliefs. You've got the lovely share, the personal share. What a wonderful, wonderful experience the readers will have by actually tapping into that book. It sounds so powerful, Valerie. And I want to celebrate you for actually going out there and sharing it so people can have that, can have that as a useful tool. And I love the fact that you've got note sections as well. Absolutely <laughs> I knew everybody would take different, you know, different chapters and different topics in a different way. And that's totally fine. Nobody, we are not on the same journey and we don't all come from the same places, same background, same religion, same everything. And that's okay. But at the end of the day, we want you to find your healing. So whatever that means, you take whatever you take from each of the chapters and you're on your path of healing and investing in yourself. So that's, yeah, that's kind of why I did that. Yeah, it sounds, it's such a useful way to actually help people along their healing journey. You have experienced a great deal. And as you said, you know, you are a beacon of encouragement. And I can sense that just for having a conversation with you, I can feel your energy. I can just feel how authentic you are. And I'm sure everybody listening to this or watching this can feel this too. And I am curious, because I know you spoke about your king, in terms of what is your personal definition of love, Valerie, on a romantic front? What does that mean to you? You know, it's to me, to me, if I'm like romantically fantasizing it, it's, it's every day when I get home from work, I come home to my best friend and, you know, we're, we can cook in the kitchen together. We can sit down and talk on the back porch or go on a walk or, you know, plan trips together and, 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 and really sit down and, and pull the best out in each other, you know, because there's always more to give as I become more of a public speaker and doing, there's always more I can learn and give and talk and, and, you know, okay. I still hold back a lot of things I've been through and, and I'm realizing that and people are like, you really haven't quite been able to really share your story and not really quite hundred percent healed, I think on some things, but 90%. But when you're with that person, who's your King, they make you feel safe and it's okay. And this is what the world needs. And, and, and vice versa, as I'm, you know, 
you know, sharing with them and <clears throat> just being, being able to just communicate too, in a way that it doesn't matter what they say or what I say, we can communicate because if it's on your heart and you're feeling that then, okay, let's talk about it, you know, and always making each other feel like at the end of the day, that you're my most important person, even though we give out to a lot of other people, when we come home, we're coming home to our safe place. We're coming home to our happy place. We're coming home to, you know, what brings us joy, what brings us happiness. And then I like envision, you know, my house being decorated, like I would want it decorated like a queen. And, you know, you're just coming home to your castle mm-hmm. and, and that's your safe haven. And and then when we go out in the world, we're out helping other people. But each time we come back, we, my King will essentially, I have to fill my cup up, but you know, they're complimenting me right They're They're, they're helping and helping, you know, got, you know, we're just continually being each other's biggest cheerleader, I think is what I would say at the end of the day on that. Yeah. I just love that definition. It just feels so safe. It feels really exciting as well. The way that you describe <laughs> it, it sounds really excitement. And it's you important know, in a relationship to have excitement, right? It is. And, you know, some people are like, you know, you just dream so big. Don't we all want that in life? And I said, yeah, but if you don't dream big and you're not planning for it and you're not expecting it and you're not you're never going to have it. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot for the stars. Like I'm going to shoot big. Like I'm not just going to say I want some average person that's just going to be okay. And isn't going to cheat on me and is, is going to provide money for me in, in, in a house to live in. I mean, to me, that's living. I mean, that's just, that's then there's some people that just want a basic life and that's okay. I want an extraordinary life. So I want the extra, I want the, and I'll go the extra mile to have the extra, you know, so I will put myself out there I will wait. I will, if I'm going on a date and it's not the right person, I'm not, I'm not going to be rude to the person by any means, but I'm not going to keep investing in what I know. This would not be my forever. And that's. that's I completely feel that because I don't think that we often give ourselves permission to dream and to dream big because we have these limitations. We have these limited beliefs or it's a projection of somebody else's opinions and judgments on us that stop us from dreaming. You know, where you focus is where you go. There's mm-hmm. two sides to every story. So if you want to, if you want to be the person that looks at how many divorces there are, then, then, then you're going to focus there and it's doom and gloom. And there's no such thing as the relationship you're talking about. It doesn't exist. I know people that have the relationship I want and it's genuine. They've been together for many, many years. I'm going to focus there. I'm going to focus on, I love when I meet people who have been together forever and they're still happy, especially when they're little elderly couples. Yeah. They're holding, he's opening <laughs> the door. I love to hear their stories. I love to talk to them. I notice it. I'm like, wow, what you guys just seem so happy and so in love and they are, and they share and like, but it hasn't always been easy, but we're each other's, you know, and you learn. So I focus, my focus is, is on everything I told you. I know it's possible. So my focus goes there. Now, if I were to get on and watch news and read articles and read statistics and the divorce rates and all this and this, that, and the other, I probably wouldn't be able to stay so focused and so excited because it's going to fill my head with confusion and it's going to fill my head with, well, these, what if, so I have to be really mindful of what I put in my head. And I also like to remind people too, on relationships. Yes maybe 50% divorce rate for your first marriage and 60 for the second and 70 for your third. This will be my third marriage, but they don't really tell you that people, I feel like, okay, let me explain this. So people don't heal after their first marriage. They jump in the second one. So, and I did that. I went boom, boom. Yeah. So I've taken eight years to heal and to grow and to get myself to a place that I'm healthy and I don't have all this baggage that I was weighing me down in this airplane. So now that's why now all the more I want to find a King who is healthy and whole. So that way we have a better chance of our marriage being forever. Right. Because now we're not both coming with the whole airplane full of baggage. And then now we're trying to put both of our airplanes full of baggage together and make this work. I mean, that's coming from a place that from what I can see would be you're, you're, you're coming from a deficit right out of the get-go, right from the beginning. So it's so important. And I know it's hard, but it's so important to take that time out and invest in yourself. I have always been with someone, always lived with someone, some 18 years old. And so for me, for the last eight years to be myself, that is something I would have told you never will happen. Like literally I was six months after my divorce, trying to find someone I wanted to marry but in my heart, something kept telling me, you need to learn you, you need to know you, you need to, I just began working on me and 
it doesn't have to take someone eight years because I didn't have, you know, I didn't have back. I don't even know why. Like I really just these whole podcast things and listening to positivity has yeah. just been a new thing for me. I don't know. Maybe it was around then. I just didn't know about it, but <laughs> you know, now being able to plug into things, I think you can, I know you can get yourself somewhere faster if you, um, you know, work on you and stay to your plan. Absolutely. Like purchasing your book is one <laughs> great way forward in order to help people along their journeys. Yes. Adam, you have shared so much and we're going to bring this conversation, this beautiful dance of a conversation <laughs> to a close. And you are so right. You know, energy flows where attention goes and where we put our focus is so important. If we want to attract that love life or whatever your dreams and your desires are, focus on that not on the lack focus on the abundance and so many people focus on the lack rather than on the abundance that can come so i would love you you shared so much but is there one key takeaway that you could leave our listeners with that can help them along their journey of love life and relationships you know one thing i just like people to really get in their head and really think about is you are your longest relationship and not only that, every relationship you have is an extension from the one you first have from yourself. So if that relationship with yourself is not spot on the best you want it to be, I would recommend looking inward and invest in yourself and start working there because you're not going to fix these other relationships that you're wanting to fix until you're able. And I know that's hard to hear because that was hard for me to hear. But if you could just really, you know, Think on that and just really see what that resonates in your soul as you really think about healing your relationship with yourself and becoming the best version of yourself. It will take you so far in life. Mm, that's a beautiful takeaway. It really is. That self-love piece. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. People underestimate the power of it. But you think self-love is egotistical or it's self-centered or it's not that at all. It really is just about honoring yourself, respecting your mind, your your body, your spirit, whatever that means for you. Battery, right. yeah. thank you so much for this conversation. If people listening, watching would love to get in contact with you, follow you, how best can they reach out to you? I made it pretty easy. So my handles on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok is Maximizing Life. That's the name of my book. So it's Maximizing Life. And then if anybody wants to reach out to me. I have a website, maximizinglife.com. So I try to make it pretty easy. <laughs> and I can make it even easier. I'm going to drop all of the links as well <laughs> into the show notes. <laughs> right. So you can just click on it if yeah. you need to do so. So again, Valerie, thank you so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It's been so exciting. You shared so much of us all. And I want to thank you for your time and your energy for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. I love being on here. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And for everybody who has tuned in today, I want to thank you for your time, for your attention and your energy. And until the next episode, take great care of yourself and others too. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, make sure to check out the show notes in the description with all the important links and how to connect with and follow Teresha directly. If you are motivated and encouraged after listening to this, please follow and subscribe to this podcast. Hey, and whilst you're there, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and add a review. We would love to hear what aha moments there were for you. And you know that saying, sharing is caring. So tell your family and friends about this podcast too. So until next time, Take great care of yourself and others too.